we can encourage people to be you know, they, they say they have a certain gift or whatever, we, we will point them to come to serve and we can people say stuff like that. And he's thinking, as a follower of Jesus, that's all I we all have this clear calling to serve along beside each other in a lifetime to serve Jesus. And I believe the work of God has a strong confidence for this. And so let's go to our first passage. This is really good. This also been two passages in this series, but I want to look at it a little more in depth and break it down for us this morning. This is Paul talking to uh, the church in Philippi, and then ultimately to us because as he wrote these letters to the different churches, it was to the truth at large, it was to followers of Jesus. Let's hear what he's done. Philippians 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look not only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine dignity. He took the humble position of a slave and was born to human beings. And he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal death on the cross. Therefore, because of that, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus that he used to bow in heaven and go through the earth, that every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is worth to the glory of God the Father. So just right out of the gate in this passage is saying, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. He is immediately called you his love you. He's going to be important here because culture says, be selfish. Think about yourself. He says, don't try to impress others but culture to say, just that's how you get somewhere. That's how you get ahead in the game of life is you try to impress people. We have this idea, it's not just a corporate ladder, we talk about the corporate ladder in the corporate world, but there's a ladder all over culture, right? They were trying to get above someone to this. And he comes right out of the gate and says, don't do this. In culture, that's how you get somewhere. You elevate yourself. You think about yourself. You need thinking. You try to impress to gain something. Paul says, as far as Jesus, he says, don't do this. Be humble. And you're going to need, you're going to need God's help. You're going to need the truth of Christ. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to think of others better than yourself. Don't look up to your own influence. Now, remember, he didn't say completely ignore influences. He has influences. He has things and passions that God has called us. But he said, don't just think about that, but think of other people's interests as well. Take an interest in who they are. What are their needs? You're not even competition here. You are called to serve alongside each other in the body of Christ to advance the kingdom of God. Then he takes it a step further. You love Paul. Paul, you heard me say this before. He keeps it on, right? He just keeps keeping it on. And if that was not enough to make you realize your dependence on Jesus, then you just have the same attitude as Jesus. You're going to need Jesus to do that. So, what's the attitude of Jesus? He ushered in a new team. He ushered in a new mindset. He said to be first, you be last. The way it must be is to go down. The way of greatness is to humble ourselves and serve. And that doesn't make sense to the world. That's why we come in a different spirit. 
Now, there, are, there are people in the world outside the church that, that have a serving heart and there are organizations that do good, but we should be doing it in the name of Jesus and on purpose in the name of Jesus to show people Jesus Christ. And so this idea doesn't make sense to the, to, to the main part of the world. And Jesus took the humble condition of a slave, even the way he was born, we celebrate Christmas. He didn't come in with a crown and robe. He was born in a stable in a barn among sheep and cows. And he was feeling in pain under He grew up in humility. He was making a statement even while he came. Becoming one of us. He lived to serve. We came on the greatest rescue mission in the history of mankind to save us. Why did he do that? Because there was no other way for salvation. There was no other way that we could be made right with God's salvation. If there was other ways, if there were more than one path, if there were many roads lead all to the same place, Jesus would not have been, he would not have left all of heaven, became one of us, grew up a sinless life, was a servant to to go to God and open for a servant to God, to die a sinless step on the cross, he would not have referred to any of that if there were more than one way. He really, he was the only way to salvation. So he humbled himself even to be obedient to death on the criminal's death on Christ, dying on Christ. You know why I did that? We, we are the criminals. And that's that place of conviction that you come to realizing that I, I don't, I, I deserve death. I deserve judgment because all has sinned and falls short of God's glory. So therefore, I'm a criminal of, 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 of the cross. I'm, I'm a criminal of salvation. And Jesus came and said, I will take your place. And then we come to receive it as a gift and, and then we understand that we can't help ourselves. We can't do enough to do it. And so in this act, what he did was he put a servant to have a beautiful God that Jesus came to save you and me. And just this is what Jesus said, Matthew 3. Even the Son of Man, talking about himself, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life at the ransom to me. That word ransom means to pay off, right? We hear this word ransom a lot of times, you hear it in the idea of, of somebody being held hostage, somebody's being. And they tell you, you know, you release them if you will pay the ransom for them. And usually that ransom is a really high price. And so Jesus looks at us and we are captive to death. We are, we are captive by the enemy because of our sin. And he says, here's all for the ransom. I will give everything. I will give all that I have to ransom. My people. It's a beautiful thing. And pain. Not to be free. The king of kings said, and then it's a different kingdom. It's a different kingdom. Most kingdoms of the earth that we would think that, that you serve the king, at least the only king that you're serving the way that you want. The same attitude. It just means that the attitude is not the place of all of them. The same attitude is free. And as his followers, as his followers, we're called to do the same. Because of what he did, he said this in Philippians, because the Father was exalted him to the highest place, giving him a name above every other name, King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the way, the truth, and the life. 
But she gets up there, and, and, and him, you know, and how did he treat it? She's just looking down, kind of in, in pain and, 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 and pain, and, and, and just, you know, this moment for her that she's, you know, he's a property, and, and, and these men start kind of laughing and joking. They begin to build on her, and the building is going hard, and, and so he can't take it anymore, so he begins to build. And he goes up and, and, and then so now he's battling two wealthy men and he actually outdigs them and gets her and, and she comes over and, and she's got, you know, some whatever shackles ropes around her arms and she, she comes over and he's beating and with her head down and he's saying that it's, you know, this is, this is her life and life and, and, and this man has, he said, you can take, you know, somebody look at him, take, take that off of his hands and, and he looks at him and he says, what are you doing? And he can't believe that this doesn't happen because it's one of the history. And he, and he said, no, he wants to, and he gets documentation and he begins to sign the documentation saying that you can take this, you are, you are a free woman, you are free to go Culture's way of serving is what's in it for me. Culture will serve, but sometimes it's what's in it for me. How does this benefit me? Sometimes we have a conditional mindset. We become conditional members of the body of Christ. I will serve and give, and here are a list of my demands. Yeah, I will give and I'll serve, but here's what I need you to do for me. I don't want to be inconvenient. I'll serve it if it's in my schedule. What are my minimal requirements? I don't want it costing me too much of my time, my energy, my resources, or I serve to be seen, or I care about only what I care about. In other words, my thing is the most important. 
And that's a cultural way. And, and when we understand again the revelation of what Christ has done out of a free heart, out of a loving heart, out of a worshipful heart, we say, Jesus, I give you all that I am, all that I have, I will serve you, I will follow you. I don't need to be seen. I will give my heart to you each and every day to serve others because you serve me. As we've seen it, we've seen them in the churches down there when their members become self-focused. They forget the cross, they forget the family, because they forget the family salvation, what that means. There's a story of a, of a guy who, who came from a really, really rough background. He wasn't raised in the church, and he was very, very, very hard to And he gave his life to Jesus, and then church that he went to, a small church, and they, they began to love him and accept him. And so what he did was he went and started getting all of his good friends and bringing them to church. And before you know it, there's a section of really, really, really hardcore people, and they, they don't have the etiquette that we understand, right? You know, they're talking and they're being loud and they're, you know, they're doing all those things because they have nothing, they, they have no mindset of what it means to be in church. And, and so it's, it's roughly a few steps. Thank God that they're there, right? And so he said, I'll just rescue you. I'm going to go out and invite my friends. And he had a lady come up to him one day and, and she just looked at him and she said, You ruined my church. And he said, You're right. I did. Where do you want me to bring them? This different approach, right? Where we bring people, we love people. Encouraging analogies, but the churches in the country club for members of the hospital. That's what Jesus did. I'm positioned to the sick. I didn't come to people who think they're all the righteous. I came to the sick. The church that we think about is a tree on the moon. This is a rescue mission. We are pleased to be on the rescue mission. But the church is not a yacht. It's not a cruise ship. It's a rescue boat. And when we forget that, we become self-centered church for God. Don't forget the gospel. That's why we have to take our thoughts to David. Is it hard? So we daily remind ourselves of what Jesus has done to us and how to be engaged to his mission to serve and serve children. If we follow the Jesus, that means he's leading us. And he's leading us to serve, and he says, Okay, you want to be my follower? You're a Christian. Come on, I'm going to take you. We're going to go together. I'm going to take you into the highways and the byways, the hardest place. We're going to go serve together. Come with me. I'm going to make you Christians of men. Remember that he told us to fight. These guys happen to be Christian men. And he said, You're going to go from Christian fish to Christian men. He said, We're going to rescue people together. We've been radically rescued, so we could be about this business to radically rescue others. And think about what we could do. We get to see lives by the power of the gospel. Nothing could be to see lives transformed by the gospel and the Holy Spirit. We do this to prepare children, following his example to lay down our lives for others. Look at what Jesus says here. Then the disciples begin to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. You are arguing with among each other that you're greater than the person next to you. You've got to be 
we won't know if we're going to know really who we're going to be. Because the rule is that it's it, 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 always a point. And we're not excited about that. So our calling is called to Jesus to advance the kingdom of God, bring glory to the name of Jesus. It's not that easy. If all we get out of serving is to say, oh, that first village, something that's the most people to us, that we used to. We want people to feel lost in Jesus, but we can't support anything to us. We believe we all have to do it. So three points about serving the world. Something to say for you today. Number one is it's a thing that I always talk about. I would love to see that the third sacrifice and prefer others to come to us and to be done in the right way. It's going to be a place that we need to pass the things that we can all do. Love and serve these sacrifices and prefer others. Of ourselves and let's move to the past one. You're not going to be that good. No task is to move on. This is what we just said it's all clear wherever I need it. I'm scared wherever I need it. Jesus began to write this in a while back when he was pleased to know that the last community, Jesus comes on to the two walks and his practice of peace. And the implications of that were taken from the lowest and deepest place that would be there. Is the lowest servant in the past to do that. And what Jesus was saying, what he was imploring to them and to us, is there could be nothing beneath you. There could be nothing beneath you. I was served wherever. Number three, we serve for the right reasons. There are two screens sometimes why people serve. The first one is this they, they serve out of shame and guilt. That they're, they're trying to earn their salvation. They feel maybe bad about things in the past. And, and there's this constant point to do good work. And, and, and so there's something that has a huge serving heart. But they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate or overshadow the guilt and the shame in themselves. And Jesus has set us free from guilt and shame. He set us free. When we walk with Him, our past is in the past. And we are new creations in Christ. We don't have to serve to overshadow the shame and guilt. We serve because we love Him. And so, there are people that don't do that, but they may have a huge sturdy heart, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to earn something. And it's the world to do. And they may feel like they're not doing that. That's one extreme. The other extreme is to be self-forward. To be seen, to have a photo op, right? You're going to be sweeping, you know, so why don't you sweep me and come back? Just take a picture. And then we put it on Facebook with hashtag number. Self-worthy. That's the other thing. We should serve because serve is all about the gospel. I serve and tell people to serve Jesus. That's why it's so important. Everything that we're called to, everything that we are to do, um, is, 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 is representative of this one. He is a humble servant who is still about forgiving his life. He's going to be following his disinvolvement and he doesn't think. I understand there's two Christians that don't represent Jesus very much. He's a traitor. Let's not be that. But we love and we lay down our lives and we serve because we're what we want people to understand. We want people to understand who Jesus is, this love that we have. 
That's why we do what we do. How do we walk this out? We're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His leading. We, every day, present opportunities to do Even small things are being planned to do. You know, as believers, we come out of all those people that are generally coming, but we think we have the greatest mission to trust. That's why we do what we do. But every day presents opportunities, so we look for those opportunities. That's why Jesus said, Wake up and look around. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. Wake up. Sometimes we need to be shaken out of our slumber because we can get going through life and we can get that little bit of the we're called to reveal the gospel. He says, wake up. Every time you go to the store, every time you go about, every time you are, you are out and about doing what you do, there is an opportunity to do at the very least you can. In the name of Jesus. Paul says in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do you live in evil days? It's going to work. Be darkness. The opportunity for all life to spend. I have a list of what I've learned about it. When the world is dark, it's a lot of people. Pay attention to your sphere of influence. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates. They are in your life for a divine purpose. None of that is by chance. You understand? When we are walking with Christ, and we, we're only in this world of just a limited amount of time, but we're here for the purpose that we are on mission and so our fear of influence pay attention to where God has placed you. They're not there for no reason at all. It is by divine self that you have the neighbors, that you have the classmates, that the fear of influence, the people that you there. Don't forget that God's placed you where you are, around you, and discovering you to his people. Some years ago, Matt wrote a story about this man who uh, was called to the ministry, and um, he was serving in the church, and he felt called to preach the gospel, and he, he just was trying to figure out how it was going to work, and, uh, and, and, and so they, he came to one of the social pastors and said, where can I serve? And the guy goes, you know, we need people, we need someone, uh, we need someone to, to, to clean the church, because it's kind of focusing on the rest of it. And he's sitting, 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 and thinking, thinking the gospel. And the guy goes, so would you be willing to do that? So it was one of those where he outwardly said yes, but inwardly he said, I didn't want to do that. And he shares this story about that. He said, I wish I had a great attitude. I wish I could tell you that I had a, just a wonderful attitude about that. He said, but every fiber of my being was kicking against it. I don't think it happens. And he would just he would come in, it would be late at night, and he was trying to work from school, and, and so he could come to, he'd come to church when he could, and, and, uh, and, and he would just he would come to the church and he would moan and groan and mumble, and, you know, God, why this and why that? Why, why did you do this? And why don't you give us some opportunities? And, 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 and he would just, he would just come and just put more of it out of here. And then one night he can't sleep with him, so he gets something in the middle of the night and he's trying to look at the And there's something to do, and he's going to do his question. And so he finds himself around the toilet. You know that beautiful place around the toilet that smells, but it's a place of restroom, and 
and to reach down and he's reaching in that hand. And he's having that moment where he's just about to God wide again. And he said, it is as if the Holy Spirit is kind of in that moment saying that he began to repent. And he began to weep and he said, I look at him. He said, I'm going to come in with you. Not on the but just on the top of your head. And he just weeped and said, Lord, if you want me to finish that for the rest of my life, I want, to, I want to save you, and if this is what you call me to do, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to be just repentant and forgive the truth. There's just a cleansing and freedom that he, he got off and he, he said, we're going to clean for the glory of God. Now, he just called to say, oh, anything you do, everything you do is going to be done for the glory of God. It doesn't matter. It's not about a hierarchy position. And you realize that it's not more important to be the pastor than you realize that that's what culture looks like. Don't believe it. And so he cleans that and he finishes it up. He gets home and he's still you know, in the middle of the night. His wife is waiting again. And he walks in and uh, he's got a mentality with him. He said, No, you didn't like me after that. I've been out praying for you. She said, I have the weirdest thing. And this is only three doctors. And he said, What was what, what? it? He said, The dream was I saw you walking. And you opened those doors and you walked in and you're Jesus on the floor and you knelt down at the floor. And she said, I saw you weeping at the throne of Jesus that made you be seated in the room of the room and he said, let me tell you what happened. Because even at a screen at a toilet, you are still in the home of God. He served to bring you to the world. He served to his people. Walk away so we can do that. This is against the people who again, my fear of this. That doesn't mean you are talking to everybody's needs in the whole community. Walking from divine obedience, there's moments where God brings it in your path. He brings it in your way. He puts that picture on your hand. Again, it's about sensitivity to those people. You know what you're talking about. But all of a sudden, God brings that picture on your hand. And then the first thing you do is you pray for them. Maybe you found me. Maybe you say something. Maybe you need something. And it could be something that you pray for them, but they will be put up with beautiful eyes open that we are walking on purpose for me. And if you see me, that we need that need. Fix me a mirror. Give me some yard work for someone who needs it. Giving someone, maybe financially, maybe giving them groceries. Maybe it's engaging with the other people we live in. That is lonely. Because you know, there's some people that have a lot of people around them, and it's pretty lonely. People need Jesus. Sometimes it's kind of a for people that are not on the track. That's why we need to see Jesus at night. He's probably before you know the whole house now. He's a disciple. It's a tax collector party. Whatever those are. And the Pharisees are looking at it and they are just, you know, being really just snubbing their nose at it and saying, Who's the disciples? You see, we can see this movie. He's a friend of sinners and he's a friend of, and I love the new living things. He's a friend of God. And you think there's Jesus knowing what they were thinking. You don't think that. Jesus knows what you're thinking. 
And he said, you know that? And then I said, oh, I'm not going to that, that's why I came. I think he wanted to invite him and say, you know, hey, boys, religious people, you know, think you're all, all bad and bad. He said, look around, this is why I came. I came to serve people to give my life to ransom for him. This is why I came. This whole thing of the kingdom of God, this is a hospital where the sick need a savior. I'm not a country club for members of Judah. So he was around this coming. I'm glad he was there coming, people. So we, we leverage what God, we leverage also what He's given us. You know, everything God's given you. And your time, your time is a perfect resource. Right? I mean, all of our go to is to, you know, how you doing? Most of us say, well, busy. And that, isn't that the news that's like everybody busy? So time is a perfect resource. And so, but God's given us time. He's given us resources. He's given us energy. He's given us ability. And so, He doesn't really give them to us to turn on themselves. He gives us all those things that we love to put in the team. And so, what is it? He says, You're blessed to be one. A blessing. He's like, Blessed you. Now you bless. So, he, everything He's given us in our time resources and energy that we bless. Others who give to the mission of the church, but call to do this together. Again, tonight we have another opportunity to do this together. We're all possible. Come and be a part. And who is God calling you to? It's a humble calling. It's a humble calling. It takes a humble effort to go to work then. I'm both growing. I'm willing. He's been with you. Jesus, I feel really glad you've come and spent my day back today, Lord, that, that you know, folks, that we would remember in all of this, as we talk about so we remember the gospel, we remember the cross. Lord, because a lot of us, if we have spoken to Christians for a long time, God, it's, 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 we remember the significance and the power of the cross, what we did for you, but you me. You saved me. You loved me when I was a sinner. You loved me when I was rebellious. You gave your life for me. And you set my word that you loved me. And I pray, God, that you would never forget that you would serve on a place of loving you, serving you, realizing that you can just serve us to me and turn to follow you, and that we would serve others in the name of Jesus. So out of love, we would serve each other. So the community, so the monster, so the broken, and reveal in this dark world the mind of Jesus, because somebody who is desperately needed. May we pay those things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'm just feeling like you're going to be in the moment of Jesus Christ, but you don't have to pray for anything, and you're just going to pray for us, and have a few of our leaders come up, and we would give you a chance to pray for you, to be strong, to be prayed. God bless you.